Spotify's finally giving you a kick in the butt to be like, are you are you for real about this? Are you are we gonna do this music thing? All right, here we go. Woo! <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Yes, this is what Nathan does every time before an episode to hype himself the flip up. Welcome back to another episode of the Prolific Super Producer Podcast. Nailed the name. Today we're talking about some stuff that's good, you know, that's kind of ruffled some feathers. And we just thought, hey man, Tyson, let's talk about this. We're going to talk about Spotify. Oh, Spotify and what they've done to royalties and how they're just, oh, what they're doing to independent artists. If I'm probably already giving away our take on this, but hey, we think this would be helpful because if you are listening to this, we're talking to people who want to produce their own songs. And the term super producer, you know, it was used a lot more earlier on, but it's really just a slang term for like, hey, are you someone that is creating your songs by yourself from scratch in your bedroom, in your home studio, and you're trying to distribute them yourself? You want to be an independent artist? That's who this podcast is for. If you want to do that, Spotify is probably a big piece of that pie. (laughs) It's probably something that you are already using for your songs or it's something you're aspiring to use for your songs. Makes sense. As Tyson and I were talking about, it is the lion's share of streaming right now. So it makes all the sense in the world to want to have a good Spotify strategy. But with this, this new threshold, this new royalty, system. What does that mean for you? What can we learn from this and how do we go forward? So we just want to share our take on that. But before we dive into that, you, know, you kind of need songs to get onto Spotify. So <laughs> if you want to help finishing some songs, knocking out more songs this year than you ever have, it's the start of the year. Keep that fresh new year energy going. I've got a completely free guide that's going to help revamp your workflow. That's the whole point because this is the very thing that I had to do with my own workflow when I was just procrastinating too much. The number of demos and sketches was filling up my hard drive way more than I had songs released and streaming and sharing out there, I was fed up. And so I had to rethink how I sit down and make a song, how I approach my creativity and my spare creative time, right? That's even a whole other layer. Like I wasn't doing this full time. You know, I had to like figure out how to make the most of the time I had to be efficient and to continue to knock out songs. I broke it down into a five-step system that you can get for free if you go to finishsongsguide.com. Exact same workflow that I used to bust out two to three fully finished songs while having a day job, while being a husband, all the life responsibilities. It's still possible. You just need to know how to manage your time as an artist. So it's for you. Finishsongsguide.com. Let's jump into today's episode, Tyson. Let's talk about this stuff. I'm pumped, man. I'm really pumped to talk about this um, because a lot of people are up in arms. This is uh, this is getting a lot of people. And hey, if you're listening too, and you're kind of just upset about this, like, hey, all the empathy in the world, uh, but I would encourage you to hang, hang tight. Listen to this whole conversation. All we care about is you and your success, not just for your songs, but for you as an individual creative, as a fellow creative. So that's how we're going to talk today. And we think that this is actually a good thing. Spoiler alert. We don't think this is the end of the world. We think this is an opportunity for you. So Tyson, why don't we just catch everyone up to speed? What What is going on right now? What did, what did Spotify you know, announce that they're doing for 2024? The very first thing I want to say is that any change at all, especially when it comes to something critical to your success as a musician and your potential career is scary. So any change is scary. And I get that. And I think that that is probably the impetus behind a lot of this kind of like worry, concern, fear that's kind of permeating the independent music world at the moment. We want to be able to actually look at the facts of what's actually happening, how that's going to impact the industry as a whole, and then more importantly, how that's going to impact you individually as an artist, and then be able to uh, break that down of actual actions that you need to do. So Mm -hmm. let's dive into the very first part of that, though, is what 
actually happened? What did Spotify actually do? And there are three main things that Spotify has done to change their royalty structure and how they pay out to you as an independent artist. The very first thing that they have done is they've introduced penalties for bot streams, meaning that if you have a song and that you pay to get it on a playlist that has bots streaming the playlist to get, you know, just up your up your analytics with no real fans behind it, that's going to be penalized now. And so the primary penalty is going to be charged to your distributor. So if you're using DistroKid or TuneCore, CD Baby, that company is going to receive the penalty for you doing the wrong thing, essentially. This means that a lot of those low quality distributors or mass market distributors are going to hit the hardest by this because there's more people using those who are then mm. also using bots. That's just a little foreshadow of what's to come here. And then if you get hit multiple times with these warnings that you're using bots, then you could actually receive a fee yourself as an artist. Um, so that's the first thing that they did is penalties for bot streams. The second thing that they're doing is renegotiating the royalty percentage for what they are referring to as bad actors. And bad <laughs> actors are people who have short form white noise, whale sounds, just uh, rain wow. sounds, beach sounds, just anything yeah. that when you put your baby down to sleep, you hit play on and then let it play through the whole night. Anything like that, that's what they're renegotiating the royalty rates on. It's not mm. necessarily wrong. Historically, people have just like chopped it up into 30 second chunks and then mm. are, have been able to rack up hundreds of thousands of millions of streams almost overnight because they... You know, just people put these sounds on repeat for their for their babies or when they're sleeping or when they're right. studying the or whatever. And so basically they want to be able to allow artists who are making real music be the center of the platform. And so they want to pay more to real artists instead of these other people who are just making whale sounds, right? It's a lot easier mm. to make whale sounds than it is to craft a whole <laughs> song. So um, I, that's kind of the more, one of the more minor points of this this whole thing. They haven't actually come out with the specific royalty amount, but the things they have talked about this is they are going to take into account how long a song was streamed for mm. the royalty payout. So basically, if somebody streams your whole song, then that will result in a higher payout than if somebody only streamed you know, 35 seconds of your song. It still counts as a stream, but it will be a lo lower royalty percentage than if it played the whole song. So this mm. actually is almost wondering if, you know, longer songs might actually be more legitimized on the platform mm. because, yeah, you don't get as many streams, but each stream will be worth more to you. So as, as the artist, it's very unclear of like what their actual stance is on that. So kind of time will tell on that one. But that's like a potential outcome of this as well. That's the first two things. So penalties for bot streaming is number one. Number two is penalties for bad actors for people making, what is it, ASMR sounds? Is it, it, ASMR is one of the categories. Yeah, ASMR. just like okay. the ambience stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just ASMR for, for short. We'll just... Refer to all refer of it, to it yeah. under that category. Yeah, the, thir <laughs> the third thing is this is what everybody's really upset about. And this is the uh, thousand minimum stream count to get royalty payouts. So meaning each song will need to get 
1,000 streams in a 12-month period to then receive any royalty payouts from that song. Meaning if you get 1,000 streams in the very first month it was released, you'll get a payout three months whenever that you know processes and gets to your mm. distributor. The average, though, you need to receive every single month is 80 streams per month. If your song gets 80 streams per month, give or take, then you will be able to receive your payout at the end of the year still because your song will still have reached that thousand stream threshold at the end of one calendar year or one 12 month period, I should say. <clears throat> the implications of this is that obviously if you are below that, you won't get any distributions. Spotify... The, the reason Spotify did this is they realized most of the time when somebody has less than a thousand streams, the payouts from distributors had minimum thresholds like $5 or somewhere around there. And you don't mm. make enough money off that one song below that threshold to actually be able to even receive any money at all. So there's basically millions of dollars spread out in pennies across all of these many distribution accounts that independent artists will not never actually see because they can't actually withdraw that money. So mm. that's essentially essentially what is their reasoning behind the change. This doesn't change the overall royalty pool. So the way that Spotify works is that they have a royalty pool based on how many people are paying into it via premium and also ad revenue. And then they set aside that portion of it to then pay out to the artists and they distribute that uh, pool based on stream count, uh, type of stream, type of listener, etc. So basically, each person who is over that thousand stream threshold is actually going to receive a higher payout per stream, given that royalty pool is not changing at all. So mm. it's just basically being removed from those less than thousand stream minimum that Spotify didn't think was making it to the artist anyway, and just going to distribution platforms, and instead will be going straight to the people who are actually getting over a thousand streams for that time period. Okay, and this also right, like because the pool isn't changing, Spotify isn't making money off of this change. They they were saying that like they're like this isn't like some people are a little upset. They're like this feels like you know anything that Spotify does is all about you know them and all that kind of stuff. Which I mean respect, like it is a business, and so they care about revenue and all that kind of stuff. But like this is this specific move with the thousand stream threshold is not some sort of thing where spot like Spotify is implementing this threshold so that they keep all of that stuff. It's like the pool stays the same. We're just putting this threshold in here. They're not making anything off of that. So I think that was a big, big topic that a lot of people were confused about was like, oh, this is now it's all going to Spotify. Like artists were upset. Oh, but you know, because it's I mean, look, let's be honest, a thousand streams is about three bucks, give or take. Right. So it's not life changing money, but maybe you could get some sort of coffee if you had a coupon at Starbucks or yeah. something. And you're like, yeah. dude, I want my coffee. <laughs> now, Spotify is taking my Starbucks coffee with my coupon. And it's like, no, that's, that's not how it's working. Yeah. I so don't even anyway. think in most cities you can buy a black coffee I, anymore at Starbucks for that. Dude, I was just thinking that. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, wow. Yeah. And that'll, that'll get you half your Starbucks drink. Half the, st yeah, that's right. Split yeah, with so, a buddy. So maybe if you had two songs, you could if you potentially just... get that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh. But yeah, that's a big thing though. Like it's not, Spotify isn't making, they're not, they, at least what they're saying, and I, I choose to take it, you know, for what they're saying is that they're really trying to care about their platform and they're wanting to kind of clean things out and make it a better, a more optimized, more, just just like a, a, a more, a better place to stream music, to like hang out longer because that's what Spotify wants. Once people on their platform sounds like they're just trying to clear the area a little bit, but they're not making money off of this specific change. So, yeah. yeah. And I think that one thing to keep in mind is that a thousand streams to some people might seem like a lot of streams because if you've never hit that threshold with any yes, of your releases so point. far, it might seem like an impossible measure to hit. But in reality, right, we're 
we're saying that a thousand streams is still only about $3. And so you, they're really not stealing any money, meaningful money from you. And then on top of that, Spotify could have been way more stringent with this. Mm. They could have set the threshold at 10,000 or 100,000 oh, streams per song if yes. they so chose to. <clears throat> and so the people saying that Spotify is just like going after all of these independent artists that aren't getting very much attention on the platform mm-hmm. are really kind of missing the point where Spotify is really still kind of throwing us a bone in terms of still paying us for those streams at such a low threshold. And a thousand streams is really not a high threshold. It's not that difficult to get there as long as you have a good song and you have a good promotion strategy. So 100%. Even even a half-baked promotion strategy will get you to a thousand streams. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. That's like when I heard that it was a thousand streams, for me, I was like, oh, wow, how kind. That was my response. I was like, dude, that's like, that's pretty generous. Just a thousand streams. You know, if like, and if again, that could, I want to have, I want to be able to like empathize totally. If you haven't hit that, a thousand is a big number, right? And so like a thousand streams can totally feel like a lot. In the grand scheme of things, with all the stuff that we're going to talk about on this podcast and just all the ways that you could just use social media, run ads, you can learn all kinds of ways to get a, a thousand streams and especially within a 12 month rolling period like tyson said we broke broke down that math it's like 80 80 streams dude you can do this and i think this is what part of what i personally do like about this switch is it's like for me this is encouraging i i wouldn't and i would say like hey fellow song fellow songmaker fellow independent artist like view this as an encouragement like it could have been crazier what would if it was a hundred thousand streams well i mean oh my goodness right like it's just a thousand and it's like i feel like that's just enough to where i think if you're if you're serious about this thing you're you're gonna figure out how to get a thousand streams you're not gonna be intimidated by it or if that still sounds like a big number you're gonna be like okay thousand all right haven't done that yet but man this year 2024 I'm I am actually going to figure out how to do that. Let me get serious about posting content. Let me get serious about learning Facebook ads. Let me get serious about this whole music thing because I care about this and I can do it. I'm going to commit to it. You know what I'm saying? Like you could choose that mentality and that's how I view the view this threshold as opposed to a thousand. What? I could never. And it's like this whole defeatist mentality of you're you're already giving up. And so I think it's a really good point, Tyson. Like, it could have been a lot crazier. If this is the reaction that people are giving at a thousand stream threshold, I could not imagine what it would have been like at even just double that 2,000 or 5,000 or 10, right? So so that that's basically, in a nutshell, what happened. So again, just a quick review. Uh, bot streaming is being penalized. Penalties for bad actors, so ASMR sounds. A uh, thousand stream minimum for any royalty payouts from Spotify platform. So I think there's a huge mentality shift of people kind of feel a little bit entitled to receive Mm. money from Spotify. I just want you to kind of talk about that a little bit and how that relates to the Spotify platform in general. You know, Tyson and I, we wanted to cover this topic because we know a lot of artists are listening and this is this is a big topic now in this last couple month period. So we wanted to talk about it. In kind of preparation, I was I was watching and listening to a lot of the commentary on this that fellow musicians and artists are talking about. And the and almost everybody is saying they're giving their two cents of, oh, you know, what I, I wish that Spotify would just move to this model, or in my opinion, this model makes the most sense. You know, it would be really good. Spotify if you're listening, would you just please change it to this, this or that? And everyone's just like putting all of their opinions about what the model should be and how it's how it could be better, how it could be tweaked. And we're not going to do that on this podcast because here's the reality, friend. Give it to you straight. Your opinion doesn't matter. 
it doesn't matter. Like if you wasting brain energy to think about, oh, if Spotify could only move it to this kind of model, then everyone would be paid and blah, blah, blah. Like you are wasting your breath and your energy when it could be better put towards your creativity, better put towards songs, better put towards content creation and the things that are actually going to move the needle. Because unless you work at Spotify or not even just work at Spotify, if you're like on the board at Spotify or you have an ownership share or something like that, like your opinion doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it could be or what it should be. It is what it is. This is it right now. It's black and white. Like Spotify. If I posted it, thousand stream threshold, 12 month rolling period. That's what matters. Okay. So it's like, what do we do with that information now? So I would encourage you, like, instead of getting down in the dumps and what a lot of people are doing right now is just putting their opinions about what should happen. And I'm not saying that, you know, don't have an opinion. I'm not saying any of that stuff. I'm just saying, like, you can't, you're, you're it, nothing's changing right now. Spotify has chosen this. This is what's happening in 2024. So get, get with it. That's how I view it is like, let's get after it. And you can't expect to make the rules on someone else's playground. That's, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a, it's just a waste of energy. It's outside of what you, you, outside of what you can control. But what you can control is making your best effort with the data that you have. So this is the landscape. It is a thousand streams. This is what Spotify is doing. So now it's up to you. You get to choose what to do. Like you have a choice in this. You can't change what the rules are, right? This is someone else's playground. But you can, you can come up with your own way to climb the monkey bars. You can come up with your own cool way to slide down the slide backwards. And it's like, whoa, what? How do you do that? Like you, you still get to play. You still get to figure things out. A, a big thing I was noticing. Tyson was just like, people are so, there's this entitlement out there. And it's like, you and I were just talking a bit before recording this podcast. Maybe you can speak to this, Tyson, but like, like a lot of these tools are free. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Spotify isn't charging you a monthly rate to use their Spotify for artists stuff and deck out your profile and position things and optimize things and use their, you know, promotion stuff. Like there's people have this, people are acting like they own a percentage of Spotify and can make all these decisions instead of viewing it from a place of, oh, okay, this is this is what's happening. I can't change that, but what can I control? And then also just having the mi- the gratitude mindset of like, dude, it could be so much worse. It could be worse than a thousand streams. I could be paying 50 bucks a month to use my Spotify for artist stuff. You know what I'm saying? So like, I don't know if you want to speak to that for a little bit, Tyson, but like just off of that entitlement, a lot of these things are just out there and they're for you at your disposal. And maybe we get a little confused because it's our profile, our name is on the profile, and we think that we have more of a more at stake than we actually do. I want to tell a quick similar analogy. So back in the day, there was some really smart economists who got together in a room and they're like, okay, see if you know we could basically reset the entire capitalist system, like what would happen basically. So they they got the best and brightest minds together and they said, okay, we're gonna redistribute all the wealth into everybody has an equal share. Like everybody gets 50 grand or whatever it was at the time. Then they extrapolated like, okay, what would happen basically? How long would it take to arrive back at our current system? So the system itself, right, is usually what distributes the wealth overall because we live in a capitalist society, uh, at least most of us, do probably <laughs> listen to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> We, you know, we basically allocate wealth based on who is bringing value to the economy. Basically, whoever is able to bring in innovation, whoever is going to, you know, bring in what other people deem as valuable, then they vote for that value with their dollars. Like that's essentially how the capitalist system works. But that being said, they extrapolated that it would only take seven years for the same people today to receive all of their money back. The reason I bring this up is because regardless of what Spotify does, regardless of what how the music industry changes, 
The same people are going to be successful in the industry regardless of whatever current system is set up because Mm. they are the ones bringing the most value to the industry overall. Like lover or hater, Taylor Swift makes a butt ton of money because she has so many diehard fans. And that's the reality. It doesn't matter what the system or the mechanism of monetization is. It matters how you're approaching it and how much you're serving your own audience. I hope that that hits home for at least some of you listening to this episode because it's so critical to truly understand that value element of I'm going to serve my audience, my fans the best way possible. And then that will result in them supporting me as well. But Mm -hmm. you need to give first to your audience before you can actually receive any sort of monetary exchange. And you can't just sit here and say, I deserve anything because ultimately this is some tough love here. If you (laughs) if you did deserve it, you would already have it. Uh, I was talking to Ryan Vatsek from the Indie Music Academy the other day. Uh, We were having a FaceTime call and I was asking him about Spotify overall. And he said something really interesting, which I think after his response, I agree with. He said Spotify is not necessarily a monetization tool for music. Spotify is a social media platform for musicians and artists to expose your music to the world. It's a social platform through music. And so you're able to create playlists. You're able to follow people. You're able to like songs, all of these Mm. indicators of a very social type platform. Imagine on the flip side is if you posted your TikTok reel. TikTok reel. (laughs) What's one of them TikTok reels, huh? (laughs) Imagine you're posting videos on your TikTok and you get paid on every single view you get on your TikTok. Like that's essentially what Spotify is. Every single time you post your song on, on Spotify, you actually get paid for the engagement it gets. Hmm. And so let, let's let's take this into the TikTok world. And then TikTok decided, okay, I don't want to like give everybody, you know, payment for their views on TikTok. I'm only going <laughs> to give it to TikToks that get oh. over 10,000 views or something. Hmm. Like people would be like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, that's the, the viral, you know, the more like viral potential content that's going to get that 10,000 views. That seems okay. I don't mm. think people would have an issue with that if TikTok is going from, you know, not paying anything to then paying something, right? Yeah. People are going to be overwhelmed with like, oh, TikTok's being the best platform in the world because they're paying us something. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, five years later, when they then took that away, then everybody would be really upset. They're like, I deserve my payment for my viral TikToks that I'm producing <laughs> because... They're so used to it. They have become entitled. They expect that payment. And so kind of reset the expectation, though, is that Spotify doesn't really need to pay you for your music. If Spotify Mm -hmm. decided tomorrow that the royalty rate was zero for their platform, they weren't going to pay out any royalties to any artist anywhere, then you have a decision to make. You can choose to leave your music on the platform for exposure, or you could take it off because you feel ethically compelled to because they're not paying you anymore. So those are kind of your two options in that scenario. In that scenario, though, most artists artists, I bet, would still leave their music on the platform because they want the exposure, because they know the exposure is more valuable than the royalties they would have otherwise received. And so in my mind, Spotify paying us anything for our streams is actually a really good and really generous of them to actually being to to pay us anything in Mm -hmm. other economic systems. 
for example, China, they have made all of their music free. There's no like there's no royalties. There's nothing in wow. the, the Chinese system for the popular Chinese music. Mm. And they make money, the, all of their money off of, you know, appearances, off of concerts, off of merch sales. They recognize that they couldn't control the distribution of their music. And so then they just made it free for everybody to just allow everybody to have it. Mm. And then they allowed the music basically to build an audience in and of itself to then be able to monetize that in some other way via the brand essentially of the artist. Spotify should not be your primary means to monetize your music. And I think that's the huge shift that most people need to make because Mm -hmm. Spotify is so easy to monetize essentially of like, I don't need to do put that much effort into it to then start receiving money back out of the platform. That becomes everybody's assumption of how you make money in music, where in reality, most of your money will be made (laughs) from merch sales, from memberships, from live shows. And that's really where your monetization should be. Because if you sell one t-shirt for say $25 and you make 15 of that $15 profit off of that one sale of a shirt, it would take 5,000 streams to be able to make that same money that you would have sold from one t-shirt. So Mm -hmm. think about what the easiest route is here. You know, merch sales are going to be a lot easier than that. Memberships are going to be a lot easier than getting, you know, consistent streams on Spotify. So Spotify can be a nice like addition to your income. But I think that expecting Spotify to pay us is a little bit entitled of us artists in general. Yeah, I was just like, there's like you said, there's just so many other things to do. I think you're right. Part of that is, oh, Spotify is everything. And maybe if, if you're thinking that you just you're maybe you're just figuring things out or just, you know, hearing something from other people. But like artists are monetizing in so many, so many different ways. And even not even just social media and like people, you know, doing YouTube and getting paid from YouTube and people building courses and people like not even just like that kind of stuff, but like within the music industry itself, you can use the, the, the tools uh, and the skills that you have as a super producer, right? Someone who can create all parts of the song. We talk about this and we're going to talk about this a lot here is like being able to monetize those skills specifically. If you, right, you're making your own songs and you can really sing, you you can literally be paid to do demos for people. It's called top lining. Like you can sing demos for people. If you're someone who like is really good at beat making or production, you can use those skills to help other people who aren't as good help their songs come to life. I mean, it just goes on and on. Sync licensing for me, freelancing for Tyson, right? Like there's all these sub little areas where you can make really good money and it's it has nothing to do with spotify like it's just nothing to do with spotify if my spotify followers or monthly listeners were reflective of how i'm doing in music i wouldn't be making this podcast because tyson would have asked me and be like dude no i don't have i do not have anything to share like i haven't done it yet but the reality is while i may have like as of this moment just a couple hundred monthly listeners on my spotify millions of people have heard my songs and i've made very good money that supported my family through sync licensing through using my skills through top lighting through composing like just doing a whole bunch of other things things that are undercover and you can make great money too. So it's just like, that's a really good thing, a mindset shift. Thanks for bringing that up, Tyson, of just like Spotify isn't the be all end all. It's not even the only streaming platform. And while it does have the lion's share, it's just like, it's just not the only way. So I think that's a big, big mindset shift too. Yeah. One one last thing I want to add before moving on from that point is so I am a part owner in a music management company called Night Owl Music Group. We have several managed artists that we're working with to basically build their careers in music in exchange for basically a portion of their their earnings in the industry. Our focus is not on royalties from Spotify because we recognize that that is a great tool to garner an audience, but it's not a very good way to monetize an audience. And so if you're trying to build a career, like Spotify is a tool to be used and it's a nice little side 
income to be able to help, you know, accelerate your growth in the industry, but it's not going to be the be all end all ever. And so like from a, you know, business standpoint, it's probably the worst monetization vehicle possible that you Hmm. could use for your music. And the reason why it's not a very good tool is because it's so accessible to everybody. If you put in any additional effort beyond just Spotify, then you're going to be able to reap those rewards as an artist because you're going above and beyond what any other artist will do. And therefore, again, like we were talking about the capitalist system, the more value you give, the more you will receive in actual monies um, at Mm -hmm. some point in time. How will this change the industry as a whole? So, you know, we've been talking a lot about the actual changes, the the fact that we can't control what the industry does. Like basically, like nobody expected CD sales to just plummet overnight. Or they never expected the shift to CDs from cassettes to, you know, blow up the cassette market. There's always losers in each change that happens. But at the end of the day, like we can't control that because it's somebody else's playground. It's somebody else's industry, ultimately, that we have the opportunity to to participate in if we Mm -hmm. choose to. The interesting thing, though, is looking at it from a macro standpoint of like, okay, how is this going to impact the entire industry? And then we can kind of place ourselves inside of that of like, okay, where where do I choose to play, um, you know, my cards essentially at the table? The overall industry is going to impact the kind of top and bottom of the table the most. The bottom, not serious artists, are probably going to fall off because they are going to be frustrated that they can't hit that thousand stream mark and they're going to give up. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of artists in this way. Yeah. And honestly, and this might be a little bit uh, uh, triggering for some, is that Spotify wants bad artists to stop uploading music to their platform because Spotify is trying to curate the experience for the listener to prevent bad music from coming in front of people. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to curate the experience so that they have a very high quality music, high quality experience on the platform. Therefore, they will stay longer. So by having these bottom 1%, 2% artists to mm-hmm. drop off is actually a really good thing for Spotify and a really good thing for the consumers on the Spotify platform. Yeah. So actual just normal people listening to music. That's the first thing that will happen is that those artists are going to drop off. They're going to either going to give up. They're going to be frustrated and ultimately or they're just going to pull their music off of uh, Spotify because they feel entitled that they should be getting paid more. The people who are being successful on the platform. So and being successful, meaning they're getting more than a thousand streams per song, which, again, as we talked about, is not really that high of a threshold. Mm-hmm. If you're getting more than a thousand streams, you are going to benefit because you are going to get more money for your streams, which is, again, very generous of the Spotify, instead of keeping those royalties for themselves, they're adding it back to the pool and then redistributing it to the mm-hmm. pe- to, to the people who are actually adding value to the platform, right? They're adding music that's getting attention that people are actually streaming and then keeping people on the Spotify platform. So they're rewarding people who are producing better music on the platform. So mm-hmm. because this is a percentage based, so you're earning, you know, a few fractions of a penny more per stream. Obviously, if you extrapolate that to a million or a billion streams, that's going to mean a lot more zeros on the end of your paycheck versus if you are only getting you know two or three thousand streams. And so sure. it's it seems unfair to a lot of artists where they're looking at you know Kanye West or BB Rexa or you know name name your pop star artist. Sure. And they're saying like, oh, well, he's getting, you know, another 50 grand per month. That seems unfair. Mm-hmm. But it's re- it's the reality is like it's the same for you. You just haven't 
reach that level of you know quantity of streams. How I view this, it's an invitation. This is an opportunity to choose what you're going to do with this music thing in 2024. 2024 is going to be the year that you do what you've been doing the past few years. You say you want to do this music thing, but you're not actually taking it seriously. Like you're not actually doing anything with it. Or 2024 gets to be the year that you're like, gum, I have a target now, a thousand streams. Let's go. Okay. Now I'm going to, now all of a sudden that gives you a goal to shoot for that you can now reverse engineer. You get to be like, all right, so when I drop a song, I want to make a good song and I want to make a good song. And then I got to promote that so people can hear it. And then, okay, where could I promote it? How can I get that thousand streams? And again, it's over a 12 month period, but you could be like, how do I get those thousand streams? It actually gives you something to reach for. So I view this as a moment where, Hey, Spotify's finally giving you a kick in the butt to be like, are you are you for real about this? Are you are we gonna do this music thing? Because if you are, you're gonna figure out how to get a thousand streams on a song. You're just gonna figure it out. And if not, no hard feelings. Then this is a hobby, and this is just something on the side. And you never even wanted to monetize it in the first place. Like maybe you just need that self awareness. You have to choose what you're gonna do. You get to choose what 2024 is gonna be for you. That's how I view this. And so yeah, as a result of that, the people who aren't serious, the people who decide that they're gonna give up, and who are just yep, I'm fed up. The system is too much. I can't beat it, can't beat the system, whatever, you know, and it's like, that's going to open up just a lot more space. It's going to uh, drown out the noise that's been there, right? And now there's just an opportunity for the people that are taking it seriously to really go for it. There's less people, less artists, you know, like that are trying to do the same thing because they're going to fall out. So for everyone that's kind of falling out, you have an opportunity to go forward. I think that's cool if you're someone who wants to do this. And again, I'm not trying to throw shade at people who don't want to do music or who realize this isn't what they want or they don't want to monetize it. You know, the heart of this podcast is like, awesome. Very cool. But we are we are kind of talking to people who want to do this thing, make some money from it. So if you are that kind of person, I think 2024, I would challenge you to view it as a year of your best potential yet because of this change. That's that's how I would how I'd view it. That's kind of all I had to add there. Everyone participating in the industry is going to benefit from this, especially independent artists. And mm-hmm. let, hear me out. By those bottom two to three percent of artists just dropping off the table, that's going to increase the perceived value of all the independent artists that remain. Because you're never going to be lumped in that category of people who aren't taking this seriously. Because mm-hmm. the people who aren't taking this seriously are not going to put in as much effort as you are if you are going to take this seriously. So yeah. if you're taking it seriously, take heart because your perceived value in people's minds are, is going to go up because the average listener on Spotify may not listen to a song that has you know less than 10,000 streams right now because they automatically perceive that as being less valuable or less good music mm. versus now that is going to be slowly shifting over this year as those artists drop off. The ones that remain are going to be the ones who are serious that are in it for the long haul and are serious about moving up there that ladder to be more successful in the music industry. Those people are going to be higher, uh, producing higher quality music. And then you're going to basically be risen up with those people as, as long as you stay in the game, as long as you stay dedicated to making more music and participating in the industry. Moving on, let's get really practical here. What changes do you need to make as an independent artist to take advantage of the changes that are occurring now? The very first thing that I wanted to bring up as kind of a question is Make sure that you are using the right distribution platform. So kind of going back to the very first thing that Spotify is doing is instituting penalties for bot streams. That means that platforms that tend to have, I'm going to say, lower quality artists on their 
platforms are going to have generically more bot streams than, say, a label distribution company. So mm. if you have a label distribution company, then they're only producing label projects, which are you know, basically curated to be high quality. On the other hand, you'll have these other independent artists that are just desperate to get those analytics up, right? So they're going to pay for bots to stream their music to then just mm. bump up that stream count. If you're using a distribution company that is very public, that is, you know, mass uh, has lots and lots of artists on there, those companies are going to be more likely to get hit with these bot stream penalties. It's up to the distribution company themselves on how they're going to deal with that, whether they're just going to eat that cost, whether they're going to find out which artists on their platform are, you know, basically breaking the rules and costing them money. They're, they can kick them off the platform, whether they're going to pass on those fees to artists. Like there's a lot of questions of like each individual distribution company, how it's going to Im be impacted. But at the end of the day, you're probably going to receive some sort of fee for that, even if you're not the one having bot streams on your music. Mm -hmm. The reason is because your distrib distribution company needs to cover those fees somehow, and they may they more than likely won't be able to collect that from the artists who are streaming the bots yeah. on their music. And so they have to pass on that cost to somebody else. If you're using their platform, you're the easiest person to pass that on to in order for them to re to remain profitable. So hopefully you kind of followed that logic there. Basically, any mass-produced, so TuneCore, CD Baby, DistroKid are probably the top three question marks of how are they going to deal with this bot streaming penalty fees and how much of that cost is going to be passed on to you as the artist using their platform. Right. So my recommendation right now is to analyze your distribution company and really think about is this the right one for me? Because most people just pick the first one that they find mm -hmm. and then they just go with it. They're like, this seems easy. And that's not, that wasn't a bad place to start. But now that you're, you know, thinking about how to take your music more seriously, I would very much consider other solutions for distribution, such as finding a private distributor that is invite only. That's probably the highest quality because uh, you're going to get artists that are basically approved that are taking their music seriously and aren't going to, you know, kill their own music by using bots. And then another route is just find more like kind of mom and pop type distributors that don't have as many artists on there. And also, if you pay more for a dis for a distributor you're going to automatically be placed with other higher quality artists because only higher quality artists who are taking their music seriously are willing to pay more for distribution services. Mm. So if you, even if you just like look across the board, pick the most expensive one and go with it, you're probably going to end up with way better results with your distribution experience than you would with a just, you know, cheap, mass distributor as is. So that's the very first thing that I would look at and make sure that you are doing. That's more, it's more tactical. Again, like this is not the most important thing for you to do, but if it's, if this is a it's real concern for you, then I yeah. would definitely look into it as well. And I think probably too, that would depend on, Hey, how much music are you trying to release? You know, the rest of this year, especially too. just, this is the year taking it seriously. Then that means you're choosing professional mindset. You are being an independent artist. You're going after this thing as an independent artist. I was just talking about this with a fellow artist the other day that like as an independent artist you are you are the boss and you're the employee 
Like you, you wear both caps. You're the CEO and you're the receptionist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're, 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 you're both. You're, you're, you wear both hats. And so that means part of that is you, you have to care about the little things. In any big organization, they hire out positions for people to, to be catch-alls, you know, to like monitor things, make sure everything is checked, you know, Santa Claus, make a list, check it twice. Like when you get sure nothing is out of order, you kind of have to do that for yourself. And that means even being strategic and doing research about who you're going to let, who you're going to trust to take your music and put it out there on Spotify. Like that's that's actually a, a pretty big deal. But I think Tyson, you nailed it. A lot of people are just like, oh, I'll just go with this one because I got a referral code or I'll go with this one because that's what whoever uses. But yeah, as an independent artist, you are responsible for your music. And part of that's distribution. Could be something to look at the rest of this year. I think the other super tactical thing is stop complaining so much and start focusing on your craft. What if you just made better songs? <laughs> It's like, I don't know. Like, there's all these other things we loved. And I've done this. I'm talking to myself. Like, there's all these other things we love to point fingers at of why my music isn't working. Oh, I need to get that plug in on my master channel. Oh, I got to make sure that I dial in this piece of content whenever I'm creating it. Or I need to get a LUT. Oh, I need to put a LUT on my videos so they look more professional when it's like, dude, it's this, the song needs work. I mean, you're just, you're still practicing. <laughs> like you're just still in process. So something super tactical is, hey, focus on your craft. Focus on getting better at song writing, song writing. Like get better at your lyrics, get better at uh-huh. concepts, get better at melodies, get better at, you know, studying songs that are doing really well in your kind of genre and trying to practice and, and play copycat in a good way where you're just trying to kind of like go to battle with what's out there and what's relevant. You, there's so many different ways you can do that. Not to toot our, toot our own horns over here, but hey, you want to work on your craft? Oh my goodness. Got a gold mine of episodes that are coming your way that are going to help you in all kinds of areas, specifically with your craft. And then also specifically with promoting your music. I feel like that's the other the other big thing, like what can you tactically do? Check out that distributor, get better at just making songs, commit to your craft. And what if you actually took promotion seriously? And I'm calling myself out right now. This is the first year where I'm actually trying to go from undercover to public. I'm having to get on this. I'm like, okay, I'm actually going to have to promote my music. I didn't have to before. And the, the way that I went in the, with my music career was undercover. I didn't have to be public. I really want to try to go, go for it and just learn and get better and like test myself a little bit. So I am face to face with this. I just need to learn how to promote my music and learn how to create short form content, learn how to create long form content, learn how to like do this thing and do it in a way that someone scrolling would stop for a second and listen to a song. Like you can learn this stuff and there's so many resources out there to help you do this. I think we've got a pretty good one right here, but there's a lot of resources that'll help you do this stuff. So I think just better songs, better promotion will do a lot to help you get towards this threshold. Anything to add there, Tyson? Because I know you're definitely, especially on the promotion side, like that's kind of your your day to day. So I don't want to get super tactical with too much on that side of things, just because it's, it's a huge conversation and I wouldn't be able to do it justice in 30 seconds. (laughs) Yeah. We definitely have more episodes planned and also just uh, cards on the table here. We actually have 27 total episodes of this podcast already filmed and already set to release. If you like any of the things that we're saying and you like having this outside perspective, your two big or younger brothers <laughs> um, <laughs> hanging out and helping you out in the music industry, make sure you're subscribing to the podcast because we got a whole bunch of gold coming your way um, oh. over the next coming you know six months or so. It's already so planned. Uh, make sure you're, you're just tuning in every week because I already can definitively say that we have some awesome stuff coming your way uh, through this podcast. But the other thing that I would want to add just as like as a kind of a question mark 
Mark. I've never personally done this, but I've seen a lot of people who have done this and a lot of uh, people who do promote this method for releasing music. And I think it could be effective in getting, making sure you're getting to that thousand stream minimum, which is the waterfall release method. The waterfall release method is if you have an EP or an album, you basically release one song at a time, but then you combine that next single with the prior song. So basically you have five shots. So if you have five song EP, you have five shots to make sure that first song like really gets the attention it needs to, to be mm. able to hit those minimums. And so this is a, a popular method with in some crowds. And so I would just, I just wanted to throw it out there as kind of a potential way to really make sure one song, like your your what you believe to be your hit single, gets the attention it deserves and needs to to be able to hit those minimums and be able to start earning from your music. So you can just you know pour that back into promotion and other areas to then move your music forward faster. So mm. that's one thing, just kind of a question mark. Again, I've never actually done that myself, so I can't fully endorse it. But I did think it, it makes sense logically from a promotion standpoint to to use that method. We've we've uh, talked about all of the issues at hand here. So bot streaming, ASMR sounds, and then also minimum stream thresholds to get paid. Uh, we talked about how this is somebody else's playground and we can't really make the rules. We just have to play by the rules that are given to us mm -hmm. um, and how Spotify is probably more of a social platform than a monetization platform for your music. Yes. And then how that's going to change the industry as a whole and then what we should do about it. So what decision now lies in front of us? Like, what do we what do we do from here? The decision is quite simple. Uh, fellow creative, it's time to decide if you're doing this or not. It's just time to decide. You can be frustrated and you can throw a fit and you can point fingers or you can choose ownership, choose where you are, choose to see this as an opportunity and go for it. It's really that. I, I would just encourage you as someone who has at different periods in my life just talked too much, just talked and talked and talked. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to make this happen. I'm actually going to, I'm actually, this is it for like, just stop all the chatter, pick a direction. Having, you know, if you have, you can't have a one foot on one boat and the other foot on another boat and expect to like balance for a long time and expect to do anything. Like you, you got to pick a lane, you got to pick a path. And the way I see it, this is kind of a kick in the pants from Spotify, even though I don't, maybe they kind of mean it this way. I'm kind of reading between the lines of like, Hey, do you want to do this or not? <laughs> and like, maybe some of you need that. Right. Maybe some of you need that realization of, yeah, do I want this or not? Because it's 2024. There is no flipping reason you could not do this. All of the tools are at your disposal. It is not for lack of knowledge. It is not for lack of know-how. Like you can, everything is figure outable right now in 2024. So many free platforms. Everything's at your disposal. You just have to choose to take the throne or not. I was talking about this with my crew. I sent out a voice memo to my email list squad, shout out. And I was just random thoughts that I had about what I want to do for 2024. And the big recurring theme was it's time to take the throne. Own. It's time to like do this thing. If you your music matters, it just does. Your artistry matters, and if you have any of that kind of burning desire inside of you, this is this is your cue to choose persistence, to choose opportunity, to choose positivity, gratitude, and get after it. There's no reason you can't get a thousand streams this year with a song. There's just not. Honestly, you have got this. And if you need help with the tactical or technical, sorry, things of software and songwriting and how to get better on, with your craft and with promoting, like, hey, just hang tight. Like, we're, we've got you. We, we're going to cover all this stuff. But all the stuff we're going to cover will mean nothing unless you've decided what you're doing with your artistry this year. I think you just got to choose. Is it a hobby? Awesome. Love it. Do it. Freaking be fulfilled 
thrilled by it. Get after it and enjoy it. Is it a thing you want to do for real and monetize and maybe one day like this is all you're doing all day? Then freaking go. Like you've got you've got work ahead of you. Let's get after it. You know, let's go for it. But don't be in the middle. Don't be lukewarm. Get hot or get cold. Choose what you're going to do for this year, for your own sanity, for your own artistry. That's the way I see it right now is you just get to choose. You get to choose what you're going to do with yourself this year. And what a better time than here in January to decide and then start taking action towards that. And you're not alone. You're not alone. You're here. Leave comments. Leave reviews on the podcast. If you're getting a notification about this through email, just hit reply to Tyson or to I. We're going to read every response. And if we were able to, we'll respond back to you. Like, you're not alone. That's what I would say. You're not alone. It's time to choose. The future is forward. Stop complaining. Get after it. That's what I would say. It's a huge moment for everybody, right? So if you're listening to this podcast, make that decision today, whether you're going to take it seriously or you're just going to leave it as a hobby because that will ultimately drive the rest of your decision the rest of this year to decide what you're going to be doing. Look at this as, again, like Nathan said, an opportunity to one direction or the other. Stop trying to ride the fence of hold off and say, oh, like, I'm not that serious about my music, but I really (laughs) do want to have success, right? Like, Mm. don't get off that fence. Just commit one way or the other. Yes. And it's scary. And I get that. But without that commitment, then ultimately you, you'll you just be stuck in this no man's land forever. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to push you one way or the other today if you're listening to this episode. Even yes. if you're listening to this in the future, same decision will still apply to you yeah. in two years from now if you're listening to this episode. That being said, as I mentioned earlier in this episode, uh, I'm a partner at a music management company called Night Owl Music Group. What we have done is we've figured out a system to be able to get 100,000 streams on a release with a brand new artist. We distilled that system into a very short checklist of the key items that we do to be able to guarantee that kind of result. Number one thing, should not not surprise anybody, is the music. The music itself is critical to get right. And specifically, even more, more into that is the hook of the song. If your hook is awesome, then you're able to garner a massive fan base, get tons of streams, and blow past that thousand stream threshold. So I wanted to share our secrets of what we do to work with new artists to get 100,000 streams on their very first release through a super easy guide. You can get this guide at (laughs) nightowlmusicgroup.com forward slash guide. It's going to take you through our basically secret system of how we intentionally produce only the best songs from artists and also Mm. optimize those songs so they are the best version of themselves and this is not a you know magical like we're just talented it's an actual system that you can follow with your own music to make sure that you have the best possible hook for your song and garner massive fans reviews and streams for your music okay so with that Go to nightallmusicgroup.com forward slash guide if you want to go pick that up. One less action if you are choosing today to finally take your music seriously, then I want you to leave a comment on this podcast. If there's no place to leave a comment, leave a review for us, leave a quick review and say, I am going to take my music seriously in 2024. Make it public and therefore you're actually going to take action on that. When you write down your goal, you're way more likely to to succeed in achieving that goal. Mm -hmm. So let us know your commitment and then we're going to be here week after week releasing episodes to try to support you in your own journey in 2024 and beyond to make sure that you are successful with your music in this crazy industry. So thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next week.